0: Welcome to the living word with me Sarah Ajala Emmanuel I'm going to continue today with the series i began the last time the second installment of that series which will take us a few um a few installments because there is a lot to talk about and discover and examine in light of the word of god and it is a series about nigeria where satan has his throne that is what I've called it, because it is a very ungodly nation. Not unusual um, in the sense that there are any godly nations around. No, there are none. However, the Nigerian situation is a lot worse. It's a very, very sad situation. It's very pathetic. It is really awful. And the tragedy is that people expect to receive the blessings of God, because they have a, a whole you know, an astonishing number of self acclaimed servants of God who who uh, deceived the people, deceive the nation, deceive the evil leaders of the nation who are in fellowship with the evil leaders of the nation as they deceive the people into believing that God is on their side and God has chosen them and God wants to bless them. But God is not compromised. God is God Almighty. He is the sovereign God. He is the holy God. So today I'm going to start with the scripture, a a bit of scripture that I read that I started with the last time, which is in Jeremiah chapter 18, from verse 7 to 10 there. And this is the word of the Lord. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Now, Nigeria is a country that is very, very religious, but falsely so, unfortunately. Falsely so. The practices are evil, the workings are evil, the ministrations are evil, And um, the people's hearts are very, very evil. Now, there is a remnant that belongs to the Lord. And this is what Christians everywhere need to always remember and understand, is the fact that God has got a remnant of his people. He's got a remnant of people who belong to him. Christianity is not a one-size-fits-all kind of religion, another one of the religions of the world to be chosen as we like or as we please. You know, It's not so. Christianity is not for the faint-hearted. It is not something we volunteer to do. It's not something we choose to do, you know, as we choose. People choose religions and choose preferences. And unfortunately, this is the way that um, Nigerians, uh, Nigerian, most Nigerian Christians see it. They see it as, um, well, the religion they have chosen, one, because it's trendy, two, because it holds promises of miracles and blessings and Better lives in the world and better lifestyles and you know riches and wealth and things like that. But nothing can be farther from the truth. Christianity, as I always say, is not where you come because you want better living circumstances in the world. It's not where you come because you, we, you want uh, wealth and, and health and prosperity and things like that. No. Christianity is, is um, the way of life. It is a way of life. It's not a religion. It is the way of life established by the sovereign God himself. For those he has chosen to be his own people for now and for all eternity. God is from everlasting to everlasting. And he has chosen, before the foundation of the world was laid, some who will be his own forever. So Christianity, when we are then called to Christ, and no one can come except the Father to Christ Jesus, the only Savior, no one can come to him except the Father draws him. And when the Father draws us, we, have, we don't think about it. We don't reconsider it. We just run with that calling. We drop everything and follow Christ. We drop everything. We no longer have our eyes set on the things of the world. We no longer have our lives devoted to sin. No, we have been called out of sin. That is the reason Jesus came, was to abolish sin, to atone for our sins, to grant us forgiveness and salvation, and to give us power power over sin. So we cannot be caught in all kinds of misdemeanors and consider ourselves to still be servants or children of God. And this is where the problem lies, you see, because in Nigeria we have Many who call themselves ministers. I mean, unfortunately, in that country, there doesn't seem to be any standard or any criteria for determining who is a servant of God. Anybody can wake up, male or female, at any time of the night or day or of any day they choose and decide they're servants of God. And people begin to follow them and people begin to honor them to the point of worship. And the more the person is proficient at lying, the more followership they get, you know, because the more they can promise um, falsehood, always to do material gain, of course, nothing to do with salvation or, or holiness or righteousness. No, no, they don't have time for that. That's all God's business. It's not nothing to do with them. They are setting up a business for themselves. They are wanting, gathering a, fel- a followership for themselves. So they don't have time for things like that. Nothing to do with God but they use his name they use the name of the lord jesus christ because it's quite lucrative because um you know in pa- as part of their deception though they are sent from satan they know they are sent from satan this is what amazes me is this people these false leaders prophets bishops overseers pastors whatever they may choose to call themselves i mean they know that they are servants of satan but their followers don't realize it and i don't understand why not Because the Bible is very clear, the Word of God is so clear as to who servants of God are, the criteria they have to meet. We know from there all of the servants of God and the Holy Scriptures have got the same lifestyles in common. They had different personalities, but they all had the same lifestyles in common. Once they received the call to service, they turned their eyes from the world. They separated themselves from the world. I'm not saying they left the world. No, they still lived among society. Most of them, anyway. John the Baptist didn't, <laughs> you know, for 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 a long time, he he lived on his own, and I don't know if you know, I guess until he was beheaded. Really, he refused to mix up with the with, with with society like that. But the thing is, generally, they separate themselves from the things of the world, and they are devoted to God in service, in righteous service, holy living, regardless of their background or how they lived or what they did. They become holy, righteous people and walk uprightly before God. So now, what do we have? We have across the world, across the world, but I'm concentrating on Nigeria in this instance. Because Nigeria, unfortunately, has been a leader of so many vices and evil and wickedness across the continent of Africa, which, looking at it, seems, appears to be an accursed continent, a continent without God and in particular nigeria itself it is a country under wrath but the liars keep telling the people oh god loves nigeria god has chosen nigeria god is god is promising this in nigeria and every year at the beginning of every new year they all come with a whole load of lying prophecies supposedly from God, making promises to the people as to what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. Why? Because Nigeria is such a special country? Yes, yeah, specially marked down for evil, that's for sure. Because I don't understand why it is only in Nigeria, generally, well, mostly Nigeria, that there are always New Year prophecies. And they are lies. Always lies. The same old rhetoric every year, and the people foolishly continue to to listen, they continue to follow, they continue to obey. People just can't seem to understand. They can't seem to know. They can't seem to discern lies from truth. Now, the Holy God, he has sent his word in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the Amen to all of what God has said. And he has come, he has been, he, he he died, he resurrected, and he will return. But this time, not to save anyone. This is the period of grace. The church age. But the church, unfortunately, largely, is not really doing what it's supposed to be doing. But it's okay, because the Lord knows those who are his. And not one of those God has predestined for his salvation will miss it. That's for sure. Now, where the church is meant to be, the um, conscience of any nation... The church in Nigeria is working, works in partnership with the evil governance in Nigeria. Now I'm not here to talk about politics or evil governance or anything like that because that is not my job. My job is to proclaim the gospel of Christ and when the church proclaims the message of God, the gospel of Christ, it is for each individual whatever the position they may hold in society to consider their standing before God and repent and do their work well. So this is how we change government. It's not by going into private meetings with them and things like that. They are individuals. In every government uh, governmental system, God has established the governmental system. This is what it means when it says that government is there, has been chosen by God. It's not because God hand-picks the hooligans and the uh, and the villains and the evil men and women that run society no it's nothing to do with God knowing them personally and calling them to that position of privilege this is what the lying ministers tell the people God has chosen you you are God's chosen you are God's elect no God's elect are members of his kingdom God's elect are those he has chosen to be saints those who he has called out, and he calls out of Sina, to become saints. Saints being those devoted to God in service and worship in their lives. As with every other servant in the Bible who served God, so it is today with every believer. And we have that also when we read through the you know the New Testament, the believers in the church when the church was as the Christian church was established, were people who all devoted their lives to God. They quit what they used to do, you know, the foolishness, the debauchery and depravity in which they lived to follow Christ wholeheartedly. And this is how we're supposed to be. It is righteousness that exalts a nation, not money, not wealth. But now what we have in Nigeria is that with the oversight and control of both the corrupt politicians and spiritual leaders, the citizens are subjected to incredible daily sufferings and oppression. And being subjected to horrible levels of poverty, and then whereas the government the government doesn 't care about the people and their suffering because they inflict it on them, but they do it in connivance with the spiritual leaders, and the spiritual leaders who receive feel the lucre from the government because they want to be part of it they they, they just love the status they love it the more dirty filthy thieving um leaders governmental leaders they have or politicians they have in their midst in their so-called church which are nothing but cults right the more they have the more they take pride in their position and in their associations (laughs) and so they get all they they get their share of the people's well-being that the thieving politicians deprive the people of yeah the church leaders the most prominent church leaders in nigeria they share in this wealth, in this filthy wealth and they subject their people to poverty and then keep promising the people that it's, it's OK. God's going to do a miracle. God's going to do an amazing thing for you. Oh, yeah. Just wait. You know, continue to sow the seed, pay your tithes, give your offerings, continue to come. They have program upon program, event upon event, you know, all sorts of rubbish they call that they call worship and service to God that are foreign to God and not acceptable to him, you cannot, in as an unclean, unholy person, bring a sacrifice before God. He is holy. And he doesn't need anything from anyone. But the way Nigerians behave, it's as though whatever it is we offer to God, and we call it worship, and we call it service, he has to accept. No, he doesn't. And he does not accept most of them. So people do all kinds of things they want, and they say they're Christians. They practice all kinds of evil, sorcery, magic, witchcraft and, um, you know, spell casting, cursing and all sorts of things. And they say they are Christians and they say they're a church. No, they're not. They're neither Christian nor a church and they're not definitely not acceptable to God. We don't tell God what to accept. We don't tell him what we want to give to him. We don't just come before him foolishly. And think he receives or accepts us. No, he doesn't. And these people know. They know. That's the tragedy. They know that they are not serving the sovereign God. But they don't care. They are happy to carry on the pretense because through that they are fleecing the people dry. You know, keeping the people waiting on some false hope. On some false promises that will never be delivered. But the people are so stupid they don't know it. They don't realize it because they are too self-serving, self-seeking themselves. Too selfishly ambitious. Now even with incredible numbers of uh, so-called churches across the nation of Nigeria, the people have been subjected to to begging, to, to stealing, to drug pushing, prostitution, ritual killings, kidnappings, and every possible kind of wickedness to make a living. Because there is no hope, the government has no plans for the people, the government has no interest in the welfare of the people. And neither has the church, unfortunately. Now, the church is not in control of the country like that, so as to provide, you know, um, as to take on the responsibility of looking after the entire society. Okay, granted. But what about the people in the fellowship? What about the people in the church? Although it is only right where the church has got ability to, to to, to help out society. And provide. Why can't we do things? I mean, I am a recipient of the goodness of the missionary schools that the British established in Nigeria. I went to missionary Christian schools and I received excellent education from there, at, you know, for payment of next to nothing. So, why can the churches we have today in Nigeria not do that? Because they are generating a stupendous amount of wealth. But they don't do that. What they set up, they set up institu- educational institutions, all right, but for the rich. For the people in government, for the people who are affluent, for the people who have a lot of money, for, for, for drug pushers, for thieving politicians, for the elites, really, not for the ordinary people. Now, unfortunately, the ordinary people do contribute towards the building of these businesses. Oh, yes. Because the church leaders are so wicked so wicked, so callous, that in spite of all the stupendous amount of wealth that they get getting, in spite of their disgustingly opulent lifestyles, in spite of all the loot, all the filthy lucre they receive from government officials with whom they are in cohorts, who, on whom they confer honorary positions and titles in the so-called church, because they're not church. You know, it's an offence for me to even call them church. They're cults. In spite of all that, they will still take whatever little is in the hands of their congregation. They don't care. They don't. You know, they they subject their followers to to more poverty daily, (laughs) as they take all that they have in exchange for false hope of miracles and financial breakthroughs and all sorts of deceit. And um, on the, and then on the other hand, they're strengthening the hands of the wealthy in their midst so that they can do more evil to bring in fill the lucre. Because this business of um, asking people to donate ridiculous amounts of money, asking people for donations of billions and millions and hundreds of millions Why? And if it's in hard currency, I mean, we have been asking people for $5,000 and 5,000 pounds and 1,000 pounds, auctioning blessings. (laughs) To whom will they deliver all this money? Certainly not to the Holy God. And people don't see through that. Where do we see precedent of such activities in in the scriptures? Okay, those are the antiques concerning money. And then sexual immorality is a norm. It's a norm in the country called Nigeria. Nobody thinks about it. It's just a norm. Adultery, fornication, homosexuality, pedophilia. It's all regular amongst the majority of the inhabitants of the country. And tragically, exactly the same in the church. In what is supposed to be the church. It's the same. You know, people don't care about sexual immorality. It's, it's they're right. The pastors lead those things. And when the pastors are caught in all sorts of vices, be it their sexual immorality or fraudulent activities or ritual killings or kidnappings or murder, when they're actually caught and convicted, the people, their followers, get really angry. They get really angry and they curse out the government. They curse out anyone involved in giving evidence. Because they would rather trust, they don't see the convictions, they don't see them as um, as God, you know, identifying before the people and disgracing his enemies. They don't see that. No, 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 the people get really angry and they still worship them. And when they come out of prison, for those who, do, who come out of prison, the people give them a heroic welcome. Oh yes, they celebrate their return and put them straight back on the pulpit. Because of course, I mean, the said church belongs to these people anyway, to the men or women, because it is their, you know, they set up their own business and they call it Church of God, which is, you know, nothing can be farther from the truth. And they receive a heroic welcome. Now in a country that is so rife with um, such crass immorality, And sexual immorality. I mean, why women will think that having sexual relations with their pastor is a way of receiving anointing or a way of, you know, to open up their womb where they've been looking for the fruit of the womb or any other kind of blessing or deliverance from evil spirits and enemies? The moment a pastor offers you. Sex, you must know that person, that man, is not of God. You must know, if you know, if you have an ink, any inkling about God and who he is. Look, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, no, chapter 3, I'll take first. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 16 to 17, the Bible tells us, Don't you know that you, you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. So for you who indulge in sexual immorality with your pastor or with anybody else anywhere at any time, sleeping with other people's husbands, sleeping with other people's wives, sleeping with people to whom you're not married, having homosexual relations, molesting children, and then you come to church. And you think it's okay. And you, well, you come to what you say is church. People like that cannot really survive in a true church because the teachings there will not let you live. The true church of God has no room for sinners. Yes, we were once sinners. We've been redeemed, we are ransomed. So when we come together, it was to bring holy, holy, that's clean worship to our Lord. So there's no room. It's not come one, come all, one size fits, all come and come as you are and do as you want. No, it's completely different. You will not find filth in the true church. So now the Bible says that if you destroy God's, uh, God's temple, you, you the human being, you claim you're a Christian, good, but you indulge yourself in every kind of evil and sinfulness and filth and you expect God to answer you and you believe you belong to God and you expect him to answer your prayers and deliver unto you the miracles, the idiots who are leading your promise, you're all deluded. You are all deluded. It is not going to happen. God's blessings are for his children. Now, there is a common grace that everybody enjoys. So, everybody, sinner or saint, enjoys the harvest of the land, enjoy the fruits of the land. We enjoy the sunshine, we enjoy the rain, we enjoy marriage, we enjoy childbearing, we enjoy a lot of things in life, whether you're a believer or not. And in fact, these are the sort of things that when they do happen to you, your pastor will tell you it's been a miracle. because You know, you've got a miracle because he's been praying for you. And you give him all the praise and give him all the glory. <laughs> and you say you received the miracle because you waited three years before having a child and you finally got pregnant. And you give all the glory to your idiot pastor who struts about and calls you up to come and give the testimony of what he's done in your life. Are you stupid? People have children all the time, believers or no believer. Or no believer. God's common grace. People are applauding men for it. Giving glory to men. Where you should simply look at God and say, Thank you, Lord. No. They give glory to the pastor. And of course, you know, in return for that, a lot of money has to exchange hands because you want to say thank you. What foolishness. Again, in First Corinthians chapter 6, <clears throat> from verse 18 to 20, it says, uh, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. That is for everyone who says they are Christian. We were bought at a price. Christ gave his life for us. Jesus died for us. He went to the cross, took our sins upon himself. He had no sin. He was God. He was holy. He was clean. He was pure. Yet, he took the punishment for my sins and your sins and the sins of anyone else who would come to him in repentance. So we were bought. We were bought at a price. The costliest price ever. And then we would lend ourselves to immorality. And this is one thing people don't seem to understand, many professing Christians in Nigeria. Because you look at your pastor and you think you're dealing with God. God's general, they call them. God's generals, they call the idiots who are at the top. God's own man, man of God, woman of God. So woman or man of whom are you? Because we just read there that each believer is the temple of God. Each believer is... But our bodies is the temple of God. And God lives in us in the power of his Holy Spirit. But people tend to think the Holy Spirit is, uh, you know, exclusively for leaders. If you are in one of such gatherings, one of such cults, where you've been sold that idea that you need to come before the man of God or woman of God, because they have the anointing, and they have the Holy Spirit, and God talks to them, and the Holy Spirit speaks to them. You're in a cult. You're not in a church of Christ. Because in the church of Christ, every saint is filled with the Spirit. Because he is the deposit that God has given, guaranteeing and inheritance for eternity. So, in each of us is the fullness of the presence of God, even as our Lord Jesus Christ Himself promised in John chapter 15. John, uh, God, uh, Lord, the Lord made it very, very clear. And there's a criteria, there's always a criteria for all those things. You know, John chapter 14. The Lord said, <clears throat> If you love me, John 14 from verse 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. That was John 14, 15-21. And then in verse 23, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So if you find that you do not have the Holy Spirit, you are clueless, even though you say you're a Christian. You are clueless. You don't know what's going on. You're always looking for answers from men, you know, prophets, pastors, whatever, whoever it is you consult. You know, they're all wizards anyway, and witches, and evil men and women. If they don't tell you how to repent of your sin, that you need to repent of your sinfulness and turn to Christ. Because when you turn to Christ in spirit and in truth, his promises will come true in your life. You will have the Holy Spirit. So if you find that you don't have the anointing, or you don't have the Holy Spirit, there's something wrong with you. You have not obeyed. You have not repented of your sins. You have no fellowship with Christ. We do not go seeking out the Holy Spirit. We come seeking forgiveness in Christ. We come to him asking forgiveness. In repentance, of course. Don't expect to be forgiven without repentance. And when we do come to him with a very mournful heart and sorrowful because we believe his word that we are nothing but sinners headed for hell and condemnation, judgment. Once we realize that, we come before the Lord in repentance. We ask his forgiveness. He forgives us. He cleanses us, sanctifies us, consecrates us to himself, and fills us with the Holy Spirit. We don't put in a request because people run around foolishly kneeling before so-called men and women of God to receive the anointing. And they are put in their evil hands, hands they have covered in blood for all kinds of evil they have done. Murders and ritual killings and all sorts and their activities in the occultic world, witchcraft and all that. And they're putting those hands on your head. Because you are wanting, anointing, and you are wanting the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is holy. He's clean. He is not with your lying pastor. It does not matter how famous, how popular he is, or what followership he has. As a matter of fact, the larger the congregation, where they have multitudes, and the boast of tens of thousands of followers, you should be wary of such gatherings. Because the gospel of Christ is not so attractive to men. As to bring in so many tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and, and millions, even behind one man, that man is not of God necessarily. Most of them are not. Most of them are not. They have gone about gathering crowds, you know, their crowds with the power of the occult, with the powers of witchcraft, with hypnosis, and all sorts of mind control evil it is not christ is not that attractive to people and so they attract you to a different christ one who will do miracles on your behalf and bless you with financially and all sorts that's the christ they sell to people and that is not the christ of the scriptures he's not because the christ of the scriptures the messiah he came to save us from sin didn't come to give us financial breakthroughs and things like that and any, and better our conditions, our living conditions in the world. That's not an issue. That's not what we need. Is that what we need? That's not what we need. People can get that. You can have that if you do the right things and live right. But it's just so. Jesus is concerned about our souls for eternity. God's kingdom is never going to end. We don't know the beginning of it. There will be no end to it. And all of us are going to live forever. That's the thing. Whether you're a sinner or you're a saint, you are going to live forever. But where? Some of us will be with God forever. In the new heavens and the new earth, He's going to create. And then some will be forever in hell. In that place of perpetual torment. That is what Christ's salvation is about. It's not about your living conditions in the world, what you have or what you do not have. No. It's not about that. So when you find that you are lacking in the presence of God and you think you need to go to someone to confer the Holy Spirit, you have not. Because it is a gospel that gives freedom, liberty to each person who who truly repents. And then you don't need anyone to place their dirty hands on you. For what reason? Nor do you need anyone to deliver you. Deliver you from what? Jesus alone delivers. The word of God, when we come, when we hear the gospel, when we hear the message of God, that you are a sinner who is hell bound, who is, you know, who will be judged and condemned. But you can be free and forgiven if you turn to Christ in spirit and in truth and repent of your sins. When you do that, you are delivered. You don't need anything else. And it wouldn't matter where you've been. Whether you've been in the occult, you've been a witch, you've been a sorcerer, you've been Whatever. A murderer, a prostitute, it doesn't matter what you've been. If you're truly repentant and you come, your deliverance comes with the Lord accepting and forgiving you. And that's not through any man. All we can do is proclaim the gospel. We cannot convict anyone, we preachers. We don't do the conviction. We don't do the convicting at all. The Holy Spirit does that. And it is the work. Ours is to proclaim the word. And whether you choose to believe it or not, well, that 's up to each person, but we don 't do the deliverance. but what do we have? What do we have in this age? Nigerian churches i don 't think there's one that doesn't perform the deliverance they call it activities, and they offer all kinds of these deliverance activities that are carried out on the people without any they, they, it doesn't matter to them whether you sinner or not, they don 't ask you all that it's a contract. Exchange hands and um, sexual favors, even in a lot of cases, and that's because you know these men are nothing, these men and women are nothing but sorcerers that they're just doing this practicing witchcraft on you and luring you and enticing you and ensnaring you to the devil. They have no fellowship with Christ, no man can deliver another man from anything. What mean deliverance? Our deliverance comes with our repentance. Repentance means complete turnaround. A total change of heart. A complete change of mind. I no longer want to live as I lived. I know Christ now Lord receives me because I want to live for you. I forsake my sin and everything I had embraced that was evil, that was offensive to you. Receive me Lord Jesus. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. And when, you know what? God sees our hearts. He says he examines the mind and the heart to give to each person according to what their deeds deserve. When the Lord knows that you are sincere in your request, he will forgive. And that is your deliverance. Nobody needs to deliver you from anything. Before I I became a, a, a Christian, born again, I thought I was a Christian. I belong to one of those um, cults. White Garment Church, they call themselves. White Garment Cult is more apt. And I belonged to one of them for 14 years. And in all that time, I knew nothing of the Lord Jesus Christ his salvation. I was supposed to have been a Christian, you know. We had all sorts of religious practices and all sorts of things that went on there. Oh, the sorcery, the evil, the the witchcraft. In things and people saying they're going in trance and all sorts of things. Speaking incantations, they call it speaking in tongues, all sorts of ritual activities, you know, running around in the dark of the night, smashing eggs at junctions, and breaking coconuts at junctions, and going to certain mountains to pray, and going into certain wilderness to pray, going to the seaside to pray, all sorts of nonsensical activities that are nothing. Nothing but witchcraft. And they're very, very rife today. They're they're going on. They're still going on. And people are still practicing it. So in those days, because unknown to me, I was affiliated with the world of evil. I didn't know. I thought I was a Christian. But the fact is this. I used to have nightmares. Oh, I had nightmares. I used to have bad dreams a lot. All sorts of bad dreams, evil things. Because I was in the middle of darkness, wasn't I? I was right in the midst of darkness. But once I came to know the Lord, when the Lord called me out of that foolishness in which I belonged, He did it Himself. The Lord did it Himself. He pulled me out. And you know, and I began to read my, my, my scriptures. I began to read my Bible and began to realize the truths of God and, the, and began to understand and know the Word of God. And I repented of my sins and I became born again. I do not have bad dreams. I just don't anymore. I have not since that time the Lord delivered me. And I did not have to go for any deliverance out of any evil affiliations or associations I'd had. Nothing. Nothing like that. Because the Lord himself cleansed me. And this is exactly what happens to everyone who comes to him in truth. It's not an exclusive thing that happened to me. It happens to everyone who turns to Christ in spirit and in truth. Because these are the worshippers that God needs. Worshippers who worship in spirit and in truth. So now, we have all these evil men and women. So they're prophets, they're pastors, they're whatever. And they torment the people with false and evil visions and dreams. (laughs) Because they are devoid of the Holy Spirit. The people don't have the Holy Spirit, they don't have the Holy Spirit. The leaders are infested with demons, and by association, their followers also are infested with demonic spirits. So of course, dreams and visions and nightmares will come, and they're never good. And this is one thing I've noticed with Nigerians, you know. Everybody is a prophet of sorts because they, they all, oh, they all believe in the power of the dream. Everybody has a dream. I had a dream. I had a dream. And my dreams always come true. Oh, I had a dream. I had a dream. And do you know my dreams don't come lightly? Everybody so so believe. They they never think. They dreamt about something because that's what was on their mind before they went to bed. They don't think about it. They all take this matter of dreams. Nigerians are so superstitious. And this in the church. So superstitious. So given to uh, mythologies and things like that. They take their dreams so seriously. I've seen a vision, and it's all lies. And they never see anything good. And they tell of these things will come to happen. Yes, because you're under the control of demons. Satan can make things happen. He can make all sorts of things happen. He can, you know, he can inflict people with sickness and disease. He can take the lives of those who who do not belong to Christ. Oh yes, there's not a lot. There's not a lot that he cannot do. He can't do everything. He's not all powerful like God, but he's very powerful. But then his power only reigns supreme over those who do not know Christ, those who do not belong to Christ. Because when you belong to Christ, Jesus made it very clear. He said, "Listen, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me." Let me let me let's read that. Uh, read that in John chapter ten. Jesus answered John ten from twenty five. Jesus answered, I did tell you. Actually, I'll take it from verse 22. Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. <laughs> Jesus answered, I did tell you what you do not believe. these are the words of our very Savior and God. He knows the sheep. His sheep know him. We cannot be snatched out of his hand. The Father, God the Father, is greater than all. Satan is the creation of God the Father. is the servant of God the Father. And Jesus said, no one can snatch them out of my hand. No one can snatch my sheep out of my Father's hands." So where you find that you've been tormented by the devil and demonic spirits and evil and witches and all that, it is because you are in collusion. It is because you're in fellowship with the wrong people. It is because you have the wrong leader. Where you believe that evil can affect you, witches can oppress you, and these are the teachings of these evil leaders. These are this, these are their teachings. They hold people in bondage through a lot of rubbish talk. Well, it's rubbish talk to me, but I suppose to the people who follow them, they are truth because these people are in bondage. They don't know any different. They have not got the Holy Spirit because they have not got fellowship with God or with Christ. They think they do, but they haven't. That's why they're tormented and they're afraid of the occult and afraid of every kind of evil because the Holy Spirit resides, but only resides in the sanctified and righteous body because Our bodies are the temple in which God lives by the Holy Spirit. But then, the bodies have got to be holy, righteous, sanctified, clean, and devoted to Christ. Before the Holy Spirit lives in us. And he knows. The Lord knows fake and false confessions. So no one who is unclean spiritually and morally can say they have stood on the counsel of the Holy God. It's not possible. But the people will believe anyone... Anyone with words that encourage their lusts. So they speak about the evil. They speak about enemies. They speak about which is on your case. And they tell you they will deliver you and they can deliver you. Let me read very quickly in closing. Second Timothy 4, 3-4. to four. You're going to think about that until the next time. And it says, For the time will come when men will not put up with some doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires... They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Hence, why the talks about witchcraft and evil and all that is rife in the Nigerian church. And it's all lies. It is because the people hate the truth of God and do not know God. Tan. Turn from your women and women because they are famous and have lots of wealth and hold promises of a better life for you. What you need is a better soul, a restored soul, a soul converted unto Christ. I'll continue the series the next time. Until then, may the Lord give you understanding. May the Lord grant you his grace to repent and to turn to him in spirit and in truth. God be with you.